This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about why not to overinvest in your adult children. And what I mean by this, I have a post coming out about this, so I figured I'd do a podcast too, because we are not all um, wired to read posts. And I'm learning that more and more that many people prefer podcasts, which is just crazy to me, because I always prefer to read. I look for the transcript for like everything. <laughs> but but anyway, we're not all the same. So lots of people love podcasts. So I want to make sure if I have a good post coming out that I do a podcast about it too, which you would think would be part of my, uh, you know, thing, but I don't have a thing. <laughs> I just do random, randomly, whatever I am thinking about. So I probably ought to do a podcast for every post, but hey, I got like thousands of posts. So who knows? Anyhow, before we get to that, please do subscribe. I have one coming up on why uh, your wife fantasizes about other men and how to feel about that, Um, except if you want to tell yourself that she doesn't ever do that, in which case, I guess, just don't listen (laughs) because uh, you can't handle the truth, which is is something, a quote from a movie. Anyway, um, (laughs) that I obviously don't know what movie it's from. So anyway, what do I mean by over-investing in your kids? So a lot of people in today's child-centered um, marriages and families are like, I mean, it's like you don't want to do something for nothing, right? If you're sacrificing your entire life for your children, which so many parents nowadays are, particularly ones that are anxious or who don't have much going on in the marriage itself of worth, uh, you know, they're not close to their partner. So why are they staying married? For, well, for Christ's sake, it's for goddamn children, you know? And so what, um, then they have this fantasy that there's going to be this payoff, right? So it, it's been a thankless job to take care of of particularly teenagers who could be moody and and unpredictable and not want to hang out. That's the last time that they're in the house. So you're feeling real bad. And then, but then when they're adults, somehow you're telling yourself that they are going to be around and want you involved and you guys are going to be real close and you're going to be helping out with the grandkids all the time and they're going to be living next door or wherever in your city. I see a lot of people go down this road and it is so dangerous. It's so dangerous because kids nowadays, it is a totally different culture than the one that you grew up in. And um, you may have feel, you may feel obligations towards your parents and maybe even not even resent them for it. You know, you may just assume that, of course, you go to your mom's house every Sunday for dinner or for every major holiday or that you have to see them every month and that you can't really move away. And then... Um, that they're going to help with the kids is just, you know, maybe you you like it, maybe you don't like it, but you don't know how to say no. Whatever the case may be, you grew up in a different culture where there was a lot more obligation and your parents grew up in a culture where their filial obligation was the norm. So, you know, they they totally did not ever think about saying no to their parents or their in-laws. And so a lot of mother-in-laws, actually, the reason that there's so much um, in it, so, so many in-law problems nowadays in particular isn't that people didn't used to um, also hate their mother-in-law in previous generations, but 
they um they didn't have an option. So like you could hate your husband's mom, but you would still go there every other Thanksgiving. Nowadays, people have a much, there's a much different feel. It's like, if somebody's acting in a way that's unhealthy, that makes me not feel good, then I don't have to see them. And so there's a lot more estrangement. I've talked about this a lot. And there's a lot more boundary setting. And this is just a social change. So, um, there's no uh, real value judgment. It used to be everybody thought that there was more filial obligation and now everybody doesn't <laughs> pretty much except in more religious or traditional cultures. So, um, so, so then if a woman is raised having to constantly defer to her own mother-in-law, then she's necessarily going to assume that when she, that, that, that there is some payoff and eventually her own daughter-in-law will have to defer to her in some ways. Not that she has malicious intent, but she just assumes that's the way of the world, but it's not the way of the world, right? It's not the way of the world anymore. So if you're assuming that there's going to be some sort of big payoff to um, devoting your entire life to your kids and that they are going to know that that they're not supposed to move away or that they're supposed to come back for every Christmas or whatever, you may be in for a real rude awakening. And as you, um, as, as you may already realize, this is not the, um, it is, it is not the norm anymore for people to defer to their parents. So if you do not coincidentally, magically have a child that wants to be with you, then you're going to possibly be shit out of luck. Now, what some parents do subconsciously is they enforce dependence, you know, and they keep doing things for the kid forever. And they are, uh, so subconsciously, they're hoping that this will keep the kid close to them. So they'll say things like, oh, you'll need me to watch your kids or, you'll need me to give you money or you'll need my advice for, uh, you know, buying a house or whatever, whatever. I see this a lot in the boomer generation where, um, most of the people, uh, or not, not most, many of the people I see were children of immigrants, you know, and, uh, the, the immigrant parent really had no idea how to navigate America as well as the child who was born there, you know? And so, so that's really kind of the first generation that I see where from a very young age, the kids were, uh, the expert on the United States, you know, and, and they were the expert on the culture. And so they kind of learned that they were even better at that than their own parents. So then they come into that with their kids on this like massive expert level. Like I know everything about business. I know everything about finance. I know everything about everything. And so basically they're the expert to their own parents. And then they're the expert to their own kids. Too much expert, expert power can really go to your head and can make you think that this is kind of your role. So when I have have younger people say that the boomer generation is quote narcissistic. I mean, entire generation can't be narcissistic, but you could think about the social, um, you know, constructs that led to uh, one generation maybe thinking that they know a lot, you know, more than a previous generation thought that they knew. Because it's really hard to think you know a lot when you come to this country and you're shown to not know anything. You know, when your kid knows how to talk to, you know, officials of whatever sort better than you do, you know, because you don't know the language. So anyway, a lot of people, particularly, you know, people in their uh, 50s, 60s plus, I know 50s isn't boomers still, but you, you know what I mean, the older generations now 
when I talk to their kids, the young adult kids, they're really kind of in this uh, between a rock and a hard place. They frequently want to be very independent, but their parents continue to tell them that they can't be. Of course, these are the kids that end up in therapy, so it's not everybody. But so, for example, they'll say, you know, like I, I got into law school in California, but I feel like it would be so hard to be away from my dad. He's the one that, you know, like goes with me, you know, and, and checks out on the lease and whatever apartment I sign. I, I want and he helps me figure out if I should sign the lease and he co-signs the lease and it's like well you're not going to go to California something that you want to do because you're scared that like he's not going to be able to check out your apartment it's like uh it's it's very sad because the kids are really they want to be independent but they've been inculcated in this idea that they can't be well at some point they wake up right and they may be dating somebody or they may be going to therapy and at some point they say hey I want to be as independent as I can be some children some people some children like to stay you know live across from the parents for the the rest of their life. But many don't. You know, it's a much more mobile, global world. And um, at some point, like, for example, if that person wants to go to law school in California, which I obviously just made up, starts to date a girl who's like, yeah, you should. That would be so much fun for us to do. Well, then guess who's moving to California, right? And if his parents were pretty much only staying together for him, and or just uh, very much were tied to the idea that they would be an integral and essential part of his life forever, including, you know, watching his kids every, you know, week when he worked or whatever the case or for date night. He's in California now, you know, and so they're at real risk of you of if they previously had this conception of the way that things would go, which is now being challenged or outright denied by the kid and his choices. They are at risk of guilt tripping him and really ruining the relationship because they feel so hurt and so personally attacked by his choices. So th this doesn't have to be a geographic move. It could be a belief system move, as I discussed in a previous podcast about what to do when your kid has uh, different beliefs than you. This one, you're at real risk of estrangement because if your child decides to believe something different politically um, or in a religious way than you do, the parents remember when they used to bring things up like this to their parents. Their parents said, don't talk to me about that shit. And they just stayed in line. And they were like, okay, well, I guess I'll be quiet, you know, because that was more of the culture. Today's kids feel like if you don't know my authentic self, then this relationship isn't worth having. That's been a seismic cultural shift. And so those parents are at risk of, of being estranged if they can't get with the program. And the program on a broad a philosophical uh, way, summary of that should be this kid is an adult, they can believe whatever they want, and I should be happy to be in a relationship with them of any sort. It never used to be like this. I can't overstate it enough, you know, that um, children, adult children, didn't used to have a choice of whether they were going to um, be close to their parents. That was not a thing that you chose or not. If they were alive and, and they had not been terribly abusive or something, you were going to remain close to them or at least act like you were. And it's not like that anymore. It's very similar to, um, it, it was interesting. I have like a lot of listservs that I'm part of as a therapist. And somebody was saying something like, I'm trying to hire a therapist in a group practice, you know, something I do myself, a group practice owner. And, um, the, and uh, a specific therapist will not see more than X number of clients. It is not profitable for me to hire somebody that does not see more than X clients. Um, like, uh, what should I do? And just 10 years ago, or possibly even less, people would have said, wow, what the hell? Why is that person being lazy? 
you know, and nowadays, like, uniformly, all of the comments were, let this person set their own boundaries at what work they can do, and you will have to just hire more people or figure out other ways to, um, you know, cut costs so that this person can never go outside their comfort zone and always see the exact number of clients that they want to see and no more than that. That is obviously a tremendous radical shift in how work is conceived of, you know, similarly with telecommuting, with uh, flexible hours, like this just didn't, it didn't used to happen that people could just kind of like structure their lives how they want. And that is really overall my, my summary. (laughs) And if you still, if, if you believe that that is, that shift has been bad, in some way, then you need to really interrogate that deeply. Because having having a value judgment about the way that the entire world is moving toward more flexibility, right, and more boundary setting, if you feel that that is, quote, bad, then you are, are really at risk of alienating yourself from your children. And everybody who ends up alienated from and or estranged from or low contact with or whatever their children wishes that they could go back in a time machine and be more flexible. That is uniformly true with all the people that I see uh, of parents who are estranged from kids. They all wish, and of course, again, sample size is people who come into therapy to discuss it, but uh, who are open-minded enough about that, but they all wish they had been more open-minded sooner. So if you're in a situation where you're over-investing in a certain conception of how your life is going to look vis-a-vis your adult child and their relationship with you, it is uh, advisable to just completely get rid of this and burn it, you know, your mental model of the way that your relationship with your adult child is going to look. Because this is not the generation where you want to fuck around with guilt trips. Because the way that this goes is that you raise these kids to think that that they okay so there's two things too there's a social shift of like more boundaries more you know um uh you know more agency in how you feel that you can structure your own life and then ironically most parents have on a pedestal this idea of like every time their child has a whim or a desire they try to uh somehow make it happen and manifest it so this is the age so so the same child that at age 25 will say to you well you know um i don't want to see you anymore because you have not validated my politics is the child who you were telling from the age that they can remember learning to speak you were telling them that their thoughts were super important and valid. So you were validating them, validating them, validating them. You can't stop that train, you know? That's considered a grievous empathic rupture, you know? So if from the minute that they could talk, you were saying, be your own person, don't defer to peer pressure, have your own thoughts, and then they do and you don't like them, and it's not going to go well. And again, it's so... It, it, it's, it's, it's very dangerous to go down a path of whether this is right or wrong. This is a social shift. And I don't see it going back, really. I mean, of course, every, every pendulum swings back with social trends. But overall, things are, going, things are always heading in a case of like more and more individual agency. And so this is where we're at now. So do not think that there are ways that you can guilt trip adult children and it may not bite you in the ass. It will bite you in the ass. So, or at least it's best for you to be scared that it will because then that can prevent you from having these tremendous empathic ruptures with adult children. So then some people say, well, is my 
job to only say, uh, you know, great, sure, move away from me, I don't care, yeah, I won't miss you. Of course not. Of course not. You would say, oh, California, what an adventure, you know, that sounds good for you, you know, I mean, that sounds fun for you. I, I'm, I'm hoping that, that we can visit. Tell me as soon as, as you'd like us to visit. That's the sort of way that you can say, yes, I will miss you. I certainly want to see you, but I'm not going to hold you back from moving. Or with the politics thing, I mean, these are things people, I mean, beyond regret being closed-minded about. Or the religion thing or like the kid, how the kid parents their own kids don't get involved in that really don't. And start thinking about these things even if you have teenagers, you know, because, um, if a teenager likes some thing that you don't like, some activity, as long as it's not dangerous, why, like, don't, don't be a dick, you know? Like, if they like some certain music, don't be a dick. Like, just be nice and be open-minded in a way that you wish that your own parents had been, really. Even though you never would have alienated yourself from your parents because that was not the social milieu in which you found yourself, um, you still wish that they would have been more open-minded and affirming, I'm sure. Who doesn't wish that of their parents? So you can certainly be honest. You can say to your kids, oh, it would be, bring me joy to watch your children one day if you have children. Certainly. I mean, I'm not saying to walk on eggshells around your kids. What I'm saying is not to say guilt-tripping things and to be very cautious about the guilt trips. So in terms of guilt-tripping your kids, you should be walking on eggshells because that does not go over the way that it used to. And um, so saying something like, my whole meaning in life is going to watch, is going to be um, being involved with you and with your children. Then they, they come into therapy and they say, um, I'm so upset because now I feel this pressure to have children and my parents should not be giving me any pressure. It's my life. You know, and uh, that, that, doesn't, that, that, that doesn't go well overall for the relationship between the adult child and the parent. So uh, you need to kind of get your head screwed on straight about this early so that you do not have any risk of alienating your children later because it's a really devastating thing for people when their kids just stop texting back, stop calling, go low contact, whatever. So anyway, so think about this stuff. And if you are drawn to guilt tripping your kids frequently, you got to go to therapy or just introspect about why. Uh, most likely this was done to you. Most likely you fucking hated it, but you couldn't really uh, ever do anything about it. So, you know, this is just how your parents are. They're guilt tripping. They are um, people that you don't really like to be around, but you have to. If you make yourself into a guilt tripper, your kid is going to say they don't really like to be around you and they don't have to be. So, um, so that's the difference. And so you, if you are drawn to a lot of guilt trips, then you can also think about what else you have going on in your life because your life should not be predicated on whether you could be involved with your adult children. Um, and because they may move internationally, they may decide not to have children, they may go to an ashram and, and live a different kind of life completely, they may decide to uh, be, I don't know, travel to the space station that they're going to create on a different planet. Who knows what the hell they're going to do? But they have to be able to do it. That is how you raise them, after all, to pursue their dreams. And again, this is not the social environment in which you could say your dreams are only valid so long as they involve me watching your children or being involved in your life or still telling you whether or not you're making sound financial decisions or what have you. And so focus on filling your own life up with, uh, you know, fulfilling and meaningful 
life activities and pursuits and, and goals, and then it will not seem so important to you what your children do. You can get to a place where you see adult children as peers. And e even, and this is children, adult children love this. I mean, think about how you would love it so much if you ask them for advice on certain things that they're good at. I mean, that is really the, the counter of, uh, you know, positing yourself as the expert to, to which all deference is needed. What if you ask them what they think about things? Kids, kids love that, certainly, and adult kids love that, and all people really love that. So if you say, good point, good idea, what do you think I should do about X? You're really switching the frame from where you are the one that is the elder on high to that you're more equal. And this whole lateral, we are all equal type of stuff is much more appealing to young adult children and to people, you know, in general, which is why a lot of businesses are, are being, are, are more like that. You can't say boss anymore. I forget what the hell you're supposed to say. But, you know, uh, pe people don't say, um, or they not say subordinate. You don't say subordinate. You say, like, reports or something. You know, everything is changing in, the, in this dimension. So if you're sociologically inclined, you can read up on it in all sorts of areas. But our, our focus is do not make your kids think that if they don't do what you want as an adult, then you are going to be mad because they may frequently choose to just not be involved with you in general, to perceive that as emotional blackmail, and to cut contact. So if you don't want that, you know, which nobody does, then think deeply before you try to mobilize any sort of guilt or shame, um, even in ways that you feel like the means, uh, the, the end would, would, um, would be worth the means or whatever. I'm just 20 minutes mark. I get a little bit groggy. Of, <laughs> I can't talk for this long. But you know what I mean. The ends justify the means, right? So sometimes people think the ends justify the means. If I could guilt trip my adult child into giving me more time with the grandchild, I know the grandchild's going to benefit from time with me. That is a narcissistic delusion. And what's probably going to end up happening is you're not going to end up with time with anybody and regretting it deeply. So, so think about it. So this was a good PSA for anybody who has a child of any age that this is the way that the wind is blowing. So if you've thought that there is any way in which you're going to be able to keep your kid close to you with the same sort of emotional uh, guilt-tripping, blackmailing tactics that your own parents use, you're going to be shit out of luck. And that's not a bad thing uh, because you didn't like that relationship if it was full of guilt-tripping, even though you did not see any way out of it. All right. Um, hopefully everybody got something from this or at least one. One person somewhere did, and I'll talk to y'all soon.